Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. hours away from pitchers and catchers the earliest pitchers and catchers reporting is that right allegedly and things seem to really be heating up it seems like there's gonna be a attempt at 162 game season <laughs> they're gonna try and the big news right now uh that we we said we would talk about whenever it happened and it finally has happened trevor bauer is signed he's signed that means that the free agency is coming uh to an end i guess what? Back in the back in the Halcyon days of like December, we said it was going to be when free agent season opened. Or well, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, uh, we thought that that would be the first big shoe to drop. But um, wow, he waited a while. Turns out he was the final shoe. I kind of wonder how long the Dodgers had this, or whether they were waiting for the price to come down. I I don't really understand what motivates Dodgers signings. Neither do I neither do i do you like the fit um no because i i don't really i don't really trust the dodgers and starting pitchers they i mean they're only they're only a year removed from saying that they were going to do a a real six-man rotation right and then having it just fall they've apart. been saying <laughs> that they were going to do that for a bunch of years i i know i know so my point is that i i don't like that there doesn't seem to be a cohesive vision for starting pitchers like no and but the team that would consider a six-man rotation seems like the opposite of what power would want because he wants to get as many innings as possible well maybe and that's in many ways is sort of his strength is that he's He's worked his strength and conditioning so that he can pitch a lot of innings at a pretty high level. Well, maybe he's just going to insist on complete games every time out. Like, he might. No, no, you're you're leaving me in. This is a six-man rotation. I'm going. Like, whole game. He might. I mean, he's the he's kind of the proof in our um, in our system of, like, figuring out rates. And his rates aren't going to be as high. But when you multiply through by his innings pitched it's going to be like oh that's a really good pitcher <laughs> yes but the the dodgers i hope he brings his own strength and conditioning coach to the dodgers is all i can say he does they do he, not he does anywhere and everywhere that's about what power does but they the dodgers have such an injury plague team oh uh, absolutely I mean everybody. I mean, I just maybe. I mean, maybe they're going to go with a six man rotation again. They've they've never actually, as far as I can tell, they've never really successfully had a six man rotation. No, 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 no. I mean, it's a great idea because they always are out a pitcher, so yeah, they're immediately back to it. But that's, but these are things. I mean, five man rotation. Whatever from an MLB standpoint, but from a fantasy standpoint, it's so hard to own Dodgers because you thrive on regularity. Like we mm-hmm. we thrive on predictability in fantasy. Like on especially in weekly leagues <laughs> oh absolutely yeah you need to you need to have a good sense of what's gonna happen what else what else are you looking at here oh man nomar mazara's going to the tigers 
I forgot Jock Peterson is going to the Cubs. Yep. It's going to be interesting. Well, he's their right? he's their uh, Schwarber replacement, right? Kind of a kind of an upgrade for them, maybe. I think that lateral move. Uh, Jacques is better in the in the field. I think. Oh, I don't know. Oh, what a what a bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, these transactions are are happening actively. I hadn't realized Adam Eden went to uh, back to Chicago. Who cares? Who cares? Well, he had a really good year the year before last because he was number one on a really good team. He's number one in the batting order on a number one, a really good team. That's like what if he's if the White Sox decide to do what they did last year and a little bit better, and he's batting first, he could be really useful. All right, all right, could be. He's just two years older, if but he, all right. Um, right, but that's always his problem. What do, what do you think about Benintendi going to the Royals? Oh, that yeah, we did we needed to talk about that as well. I a little sad as a Red Sox fan. It's it's pretty sad that he got dealt. There's nothing exciting on the Red Sox team anymore. I don't understand that. Yeah, and especially you're trading him low. His value has not been lower than it is right now. He people were talking about him being the next Ted Williams. Yeah, and right now he's coming off of a terrible year that was shortened that anyone, a lot of people had really um, weird years, but getting rid of them sounds... Talk about disasters in a in a keeper league. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, TGFBI is here. We got the emails accepting us into the league, so good job us. Great fantasy baseball invitational. We are going to be in it. Something like 400, 400 people this year. A lot, yes. Um. I was gonna. I was thinking we should set goals, but I think we should actually set goals when we start season five officially. I think that's a good idea. Four hundred thirty-five participants in twenty-nine leagues. Um. All right. We did not. We did not discuss anything on EPL uh, last week, obviously. But uh, we did. We did have a little bit of a discussion about what we should do, and we went one for three. One for three. Well, the theory of the case was that we we're gonna go. We're likely to go at least one for two on Wolves versus Southampton and Crystal Palace versus Burnley. Crystal Palace versus Burnley, and we did. We did. We did. Wolves pulled out a nail biter, and Burnley stomped Crystal Palace. I mean, that was a that's a legitimate. That's a that was a stomping. <laughs> and then we picked against West Brom. We didn't really pick Man U. We picked against West Brom and. West Brom scored a goal in the first three minutes and just decided to sit back. <laughs> I mean, well, Manu looked exhausted. Well played by them. Well played. I mean, Manu yeah. did have a did have a champion uh, Champions League FA Cup match earlier in the week because we're, we're at the, we're at all the, the part teams of, look we're at the part of the season where the where the top tier clubs play an extra game effectively. Yeah. Yep. So there there is something to be said there, although. I don't know. I still need to look into what the financial incentives in the FA Cup are to figure out, like, are they fighting harder in the Premier League or in the FA Cup? One would think that winning the table in the Premier League would give them more money. and It does. And Man City is now two games clear with a game in hand. Yeah. No, Man City's going to win. I'm pretty sure Man City's going to win. Uh, yeah. So, so the takeaway is... Because Man City has a game in hand, they're playing two this weekend. May as well take both. Man City over Everton, Man City over Arsenal. And then, since we love picking the hammers, 
I think we should take West Ham over Sheffield tonight. I think so. Okay. I feel better about West Ham over Sheffield than West Ham over Tottenham. But I completely agree. <laughs> let's wrap up season four. Let's do we, that. We had a lot of successes considering the, the up-in-the-air nature of everything over the past year. Uh, and looking ahead, we have some good products in place. We have fully developed rankings. We have a wide variety of tools that are just waiting to be honed. We basically have an empty bet box right now, which I think we should fill up. Well, we have some longer-term ones. We have a couple long-term ones, which is why I said basically empty as opposed to empty, empty. Empty, empty. Yeah. But we should we, we should spend going. some time filling that maybe next next week when we when we kick off season five. Um, and you know, we had a great review session thing going on last year. I did like the review sessions, and hopefully everyone can uh, enjoy the aggregations of those review sessions. It was fun to go back and listen to some of those and see which ones were relevant listen to us over the course of the season some of the pods sound a little bit more awake and alive than others <laughs> it is it is true that i think it appears that one of the secrets to uh to consistent podcasting is recording at the same time <laughs> they, and on, is, yeah and on the same on the same devices and you know like there there is a real benefit to all of these things yeah changing up the time has been hugely detrimental yes truly Yes, we have we have learned we've learned much, I think, you know, at the at the at the conclusion of the conclusion of season four here. I think, you know, I'm still really proud of the fact that we have all of these rankings. Like the fact yeah, that we have no, it's fun. we have something to point to. Um, that is fully well, essentially automated. That is automated. It it, it is automated. It, there's there's a little there is a little bit of uh, user input still right now Caressing. in the sense that we have to pass things we still have to pass things back and forth we don't have a we don't have a server that's actively ingesting updates <laughs> we still have an us close things through <laughs> but close but it's way less painful yeah. than it's been in the past i you know we have so many tools what i mean the big thing that we spent a lot of time on at the end of last season is is pitch fingerprinting and we got that to a really nice place and you can hear it in our reviews that we learned a lot from that, from categorizing pitches and that exercise, whether we've turned that into actionable fantasy advice is up for debate. I think for certain. Yeah, we did learn a lot from that exercise. I agree. Um, we don't have any truths from that, but I don't know how, I don't know that you can, I don't think that you can have like fundamental a fundamental truth from the pitch fingerprinting exercises because it does end up being a guy with a stick standing up against those pitches and <laughs> a one a couple of home runs and you know a guy that profiles to be the best pitcher ends up not being the best pitcher. Baseball is fun because of the variance, right? <laughs> And yeah, we, because and because they actually play the game. And, yeah, exactly. And we're spending a bunch of time trying to remove as much of the variance as possible. Right. So yeah. you know, it's, to some extent, we're trying. You know, people have argued this about Moneyball in the past. They we're just trying to make trying to make baseball less fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, but I mean, it is. It's it's the probabilities. Yeah, Moneyball is about increases increasing your chance chances of success for the least amount of money. That was the whole point of it. And what we're trying to do too is we're trying to increase your chances of success in fantasy with the least amount of manual guessing and thought. <laughs> I, well, I um, we're front loading all of the thought. Yeah, right. I I don't know how to bring in the thought. Um, right, we're trying to prethink rather than on the spot fly through all the different permutations of a player when you're looking at the waiver wire, when you're looking at a trade, when you're looking at a draft. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, one of the things is that we, we've done a really good job of building different analysis tools and we're getting better at turning those into actionable fantasy strategies. And that's a thing that we might do even more of looking forward, I think. You know, because we've come up with some really clever and unique individual fantasy strategies that have seen modest success. We barely see things through to the to the fullest. It is true that we could do that more. Um, you know, I've I've tried pretty hard in the past to use my to use um, to use the rankings for TGFBI, and that has turned out aggressively fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, if these rankings are putting us in the upper fifty percent of industry professionals, is that that's good? I mean that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Do do we have the rankings in a spot where we can update them throughout the season? Sure. Like they can ingest the actual stats that have been accrued and then forecast the remainder of the season in update. Um I've never I've never subtracted the totals. I mean, you you could we could feed them in and say that um you know, keep track of how they're doing on en route to their totals. I mean, I haven't, I haven't built the tool that says, like, here's how many we expect them to get the rest of the season. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we could do. Oh, that's not hard. Yeah, sure. Because, it, you know, we, we, we sort of heard this with Nate Silver talking about the forecast model for the elections. And it's very interesting because he's taking in, they're taking in um, historical data and they're taking in poll data throughout, and they're increasingly, based on the poll data that they're getting in, removing the priors until the day before the election, then they're completely removing historical data going off of polls. I mean, that's sort of what we should be thinking about as, as we have the projections. It's like, okay, we played four weeks. Here are the stats that they have. Let's add in, let's forecast the rest of the season. Put that into our, and then make the rankings well that, i mean that right so so that that is what we've what we're doing in the sense that i we have the ability and we have in the past checked to see the cluster that we forecast them to be in this year are they consistent with being in that cluster right so, uh, yeah but i'm saying regenerate the regenerate the rankings yeah so like, right so the only thing i haven't done is make the step that prints out the table well let's do that the question is: Do you want it to be? Do you want it to be? Here are our updated season totals, or do you want it to be? Here's what remains in the tank, like from this day, from this day to the end of the season. Here's how many more runs we expect them to get, or something. I see the case for both. 
I mean, we're getting we're getting dangerously close to the point where we, you know, where you're trying to forecast individual. Weeks. And all I'm saying is that like the point we where you're trying to, to forecast individual weeks is impossible. Well, we don't want to do that because the variance is so huge. <laughs> we should do what, what's first remaining in the season. That would be fun. I don't think I've seen that. Not so like not present what the season totals are going to be, what we forecast the season total, but what we forecast the remainder of the season to be. Okay, we can do we can do remainder uh, <laughs> remainder of season forecast totals. <laughs> It'll look so funky. It's like halfway through the season, and you see well, like twelve next to um, Fernando <laughs> Tatis for home runs. It's like really twelve. Well, it is. I mean, it is the type of thing where. I mean, we've talked about this before, but like the the really interesting one will be the batting average remaining in the season, right? Because because there yeah. you're gonna because you're anything that's rate based. I mean, so ERA and WHIP that where you'll where you'll expect to see them converge, you know? Because because unless there's significant evidence that say Trevor Bauer's in a different cluster than we thought he was going to be in, than we forecast him to be in, because there's basically two kinds of shifts that can happen in our in our um, in our forecasts, there's there's either like the small tweaks based on how far they are from the center of a cluster, or it could be we got the cluster completely wrong, and right. they're actually in some different cluster. I think those errors are more rare, and the errors where it's how far are they from the center of a cluster, and what does that mean for the adjustments? Um, those are pretty common. Yes, yeah, those are pretty those are pretty common. This player is not at the peak of the cluster anymore it's pretty it's not that common that we get wholesale cluster shifts though like the the way that we've the way that we've built the clustering there just aren't that many they're like we just actually do a pretty good job of of projecting players that's good it is yeah i agree i mean and to some extent all of the fantasy relevant players are the ones that tend to be much more stable you know Right, or at the very least, they're bouncing around a couple of different clusters. They're not wholesale going from the top cluster to the bottom cluster. Sure. I mean, I'm thinking of, like, the profile of, like, Trevor Story or Boogie Betts or Mike Trout. Like, they're always going to be in... They're always going to be in the cluster that you're thinking of them in. Like, yeah. their archetype is not... Like, <laughs> short of short of Manny Machado saying, I'm not stealing any bases this year. And then... And when that happens, it is always funny. <laughs> And you're like, oh, well, oh, this is different. Oh, okay. <laughs> why, why did you do that to me? Thanks for letting me know now. Yeah. So short, short of that, we, we don't really have many, many big cluster switches. I think one thing that I could do that I could envision is actually printing the, um, like printing the cluster, but coming up with some way to show people what the cluster archetypes actually mean. Like we might just, no. I mean, one thing that I've kicked around is like, well, what kind of boilerplate do we actually, like what kind of introduction do we want to the forecasts? We need to have, we need to have like a blog post that can be referenced. Yeah. I mean, we I don't want to have the full paper, full Sloan paper, but <laughs> what do you mean? Do you need like no, a blog I, uh, post? To go, to go back to our, you know, to go back to the 538 type thing, there's like at the bottom, you know, there's like click the, click to find the article about the methodology. And I'm yeah. picturing that exact same thing. It's like, well, yeah. if you're here and you don't just want to trust our, trust our rankings, you know, go for it. <laughs> I would love to Here's know how the to, information. I would really love to know how to get our rankings ingested by fan graphs or not fan graphs, but um, fantasy pros. That would be funny. Uh, do we, uh, just email them. 
<laughs> I wonder what I wonder what their bar for like quality control is. Like, what do they actually want to check? I, think I can tell they you want as many as possible. I can tell you that we would contribute some high and low. <laughs> we we most definitely would. <laughs> we would contribute a few high high and low quantities to their to their system. <laughs> do you want to talk about the season five review session? Sure, go for it. Do the intro. We have decided that this year we are going to do shortstops. Shortstops. Shortstop eligible players. Shortstop eligible players. Just make sure that we are not running out of players. And so that we can do some middle infielders in multiple years. Manny Machado is shortstop. Manny Machado is a third baseman. Gleyber Torres is shortstop, a second baseman. Yeah, exactly. There are people that we want to talk about, you know, repeatedly. Yeah. So I've got a proposal for you on this. One of our difficulties this year, as we found out as we were aggregating the review session, is that we didn't do enough of the top players. <laughs> <laughs> well, more more like we missed some top players. Yes, we missed some of the top players. So my proposal to you is that we let's put out a schedule. We'll we'll write down. I'm just going to grab fantasy pros rankings as of like today just as a guide every two weeks we have every two weeks we're going to do uh we're going to go in order from the top to the bottom so fernando tatis is is top player we'll do two weeks of that so fernando tatis and trey turner then we'll have a wild card week so you can take someone (laughs) from then you can take someone from the bottom of the list so that's going to be when you you say all right joey wendell let's do it oh why would you say that? I love Joey Wendell. <laughs> but Mike, so that'll end up being a third of a two. How many episodes do we? Fifty-two, in theory. Nominally, I would say we we probably hit fifty. So it's thirty-five and up. We're gonna have every every third week essentially. We're gonna have to. We're gonna pick someone who's outside the top thirty-five. I feel good about that. Elephant interest is number thirty-seven. Wow. Oh, see, plenty of people to talk about. Andrelton Simmons is forty three. We we got this. Andrelton Simmons is forty three. Yikes! That's yeah. what a what a twins pickup. Okay. <laughs> they didn't they didn't sign him for his offense. They signed him for his defense. True, true. And these are these are going to be straight offense rankings. All right. So I'll put those in every two weeks. Wild card. Two weeks. Wild card. And the first player on the board is Fernando Tatis. It's it's a great way to start. That is important. I mean, the key question is. Just how early do you want to take him in your draft? <laughs> do you want to take him number one? <laughs> I mean, uh... I think that they're going to be. Yeah, how many do you, do you think he's going to be taken by? What percentage of TGFBI leagues are going to take him number one? Oh, I think I still think that's pretty low. I would say sub ten percent, so two. Oof. I'm gonna, uh, I'll take over. You have to pass Ronald Acuna. And Mookie and Mike Trout. Yeah, I know. I think that... So you're saying... How, wait, so how many leagues are you saying? Two? I think I think that 25 of the leagues, Acuna is going to go number one. Okay, right, but we're asking... I, sure, Fernando Tatis, though. How many leagues is he going to be taking number one? Okay, over-under is 2.5. And, and I'll take the over. That's... All right, I mean... 
do I, I mean, if I if I get the number one pick, I guess I have to take him. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, increase my only, odds. Uh, it's only it's only one more team. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> two more. I'll have to take you. Two more. You have to pass Acuna. Let's just even just say Acuna and Betts. You have to pass those two. <laughs> and then the person that's going to take Trout or even Soto. Do you think anybody would take Soto first? I think I no, because I feel like the type of person that's taking Soto first would also entertain taking Tatis first. You're you right. Know? No, I don't think anyone would take... It's highly doubtful that someone's going to take Soto first. But I see DeGrom, someone has I, him as best. A, there's always going to be a pitcher. Someone's going to take a pitcher to be a contrarian. Oof. Okay, so you're taking the under, I'm taking the over on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2.9? Yeah. Two point, sure, 2.9. Yeah, jack it up. I don't care. We got, tw- uh, we got 29 leagues. You're saying 10% of leagues. So 2.9. There you go. (laughs) Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. (laughs) 